0: My guest this week, last year, celebrated his 50th anniversary in show business. In 1971, he guest-starred in an episode of Owen Marshall, Attorney at Law, and in a memorable McDonald's commercial. Over the past 50 years, he has been known as an actor, singer, director, humanitarian, philanthropist, inventor, and author. He was recently cited by Congress, as well as the State of California and the LAPD, for his role in stopping drowsy driving. But he's best known for his role as Warren Potsy Weber for 11 years, on the classic TV series, Happy Days. It's an honor to introduce Mr. Anton Williams.
1: Hey, it's an honor to be here. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. So, first I want to talk about drowsy driving. Because I have sleep apnea. And before I got diagnosed, I fell asleep while driving.
1: Dangerous. Yes. What happened? Did you, thank, God, did you, thank God you woke up quick enough to get off the road, right?
0: I drove five exits to sleep. I have no idea how I did it.
1: You Say that again. You did what?
0: I drove five exits on the on so, um, the southern state parkway
1: asleep you, you know what that is that's that's it's luck that's awake sleeping it's like you're, you're there but you're not it's a very strange it's, it's almost uh, a middle ground of sleeping and not sleeping mm-hmm. it's pre- that's pretty dangerous yeah um well no well this is very um what we well we found out too it's not only draws private um it's exhaustion in america So people are are people are putting themselves in dangerous situations in many different arenas. College students, you know, they study all night and and um, for the finals, and they're drinking all this caffeine or energy crap or whatever it is, and they're ending up in the hospital. Tremendous amount of them overdosing uh, because your body will react. It's chemicals. It's not good for you. And uh, everything in workplaces. Uh, where you need to be clear, and it's an exhausting job, whether it's in the medical area, or or um, late, you know, late night cashiers, whatever. Um, people who don't get enough sleep, whatever, they end up. They, they, they're doing a job where some catastrophic problems can happen. But it all started for me uh, decades ago. I was directing a, a show outside of L.A uh, in the desert. Um, and it was really a difficult, it was a difficult shoot. It was like incredibly hot. You know, I didn't realize I hadn't, had, I hadn't had enough water or whatever. Anyway, I'm driving back home after they shoot and I, I black out, I just black out at the wheel. And it was only a few seconds, but I was almost in the desert I'm driving around and I, I could have killed someone. I could have killed myself. Really, uh, incredibly disconcerting and i talked to hank dr Hyman, who is an expert on how the body helps the body and um and he said anson should have cut up lemons in the car I go, what why he said um he said when you bite into a cut up lemon the citric acid and sour lemon will hit the top part of your tongue middle of the top of your tongue and he said and he said um and that, that's where you're gonna find um, uh, uh, the, the nerve that will um, trigger an immediate response. Um, and he said, just like when you go into the doctor and they are testing your reaction of your, your elbows, your knees, he said, it's the same thing. Tongue and brain uh, have the same kind of instant connection. And he said the sour lemon and the citric acid trigger it. And he said, You'll immediately be up because uh, the effect is adrenaline. Your body creates instant adrenaline t- to wake you up. Nothing in your system, the body waking the body. So um, I started doing that. I, I had a couple, cut up lemons whenever I needed it. And never had the problem again. Then, quite a few years later, I went into the product business because uh, I, 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 I love invention. And I, I love inventing um, uh, products that um, that uh, help people that, were, um, that, 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 that are natural that no one's ever really done before. And um, so, at that point, I'm looking. Um, I'm looking. Uh, just kind of. I, I, I went drowsy driving. I have no idea just how tragic drowsy driving is. There are more deaths more deaths, more tragedies than drunk driving or medicated driving could find. Let me say that again. You see you see signs, don't drive drunk, don't, and it's bad. It's a, don't do that. It's a problem, but, and, and also whether you're on pills, tranquilizers, whatever the hell you're taking. However, drowsy driving, you know, is twice as bad. And, and I'm thinking, well, my gosh, you know, I think we have the cure for this. So I called Dr. Heimlich. And I said, Hey, I have this crazy idea. I'm not, I'm not a medical person, but I have this crazy idea. He said, what I said, what if we put uh, the right amount of sour lemon citric acid, uh, water in a spray drop? So you just spray it on your tongue. Oh, it's, and it's called the lingual nerve, by the way. That's, that's in, and it's part of the trigeminal, which is the biggest nerve in the body. Anyway, you hit the middle of your tongue with the spray boom, you're up, you're up, you're alert, nothing in your system. Instantly, instantly. And people ask, well, what about caffeine? Well, caffeine takes 20 minutes to take effect. So you're already dead. But aside from that, it, it you need too much of it. And it actually hurts you, makes you more jittery, screws up your sleep pattern. Uh it's just it's just a nuisance for your life. So anyway, he got so excited, he said, Oh my gosh, let's do it. It will save so many more lives on the Heimlich maneuver because there are more people exhausted than choking. He said, absolutely. So we did, so we created Alert Drops. And Alert Drops is a very simple spray. It's just spraying your tongue if you're starting to feel tired, you're up, you're alert, whether it's, whether it's at your job, whether it's your son in college, daughter in college, wanting to keep them safe and not screwing up their body, studying all night, whether it's a, a husband who's working at a, in some some job that's, could be a little dangerous if you're not, uh, if you don't have clarity. Uh, so we did. So we um, we created Alert Drops and All Natural. And people can go to alertdrops.com. Alertdrops.com might be the most important little click you're going to do. It, 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 one of the most important cl- little clicks in your lifetime because people's lives are going to be saved as we speak. I've seen it. People's lives are going to be saved in this crazy world right now where everyone feels. We don't have any kind of control. We have control of this. Absolutely have control of this. We can stop a major tragedy before it happens. So if people go to alertjobs.com, they can read all about it. And by the way, it's very old science. MIT did studies 50 years ago. All we did was it was invent a better scooter. We didn't. We really didn't create anything. We just put it. We just made it more accessible for people in an actual way to save their damn life. So every, every you know, if you care about your family, you care about your friends. You you don't want to get a call from a friend, oh my God, we're in this crap, we're in this car crap. Oh my, and have not, and just having just huge, you know, just just huge issues. You want a call from a friend saying, "Thank you so much for giving me alert, sending me alert drops. It saved us. Oh my, and, you know, we avoided so much, so many problems because of it. That's the call you want." Your son should have it, your daughter should have it, your wife should have it, your husband, your friends, truly. And what I tell people too, and again, go to alertjobs.com, which has already been honored by the United States Congress of America, um, City of Los Angeles, uh, State of California, uh, fire departments, this and that, and that's fine, but it works. But I tell people, okay, well, then if you don't wanna buy alert drops, which are very reasonable, and a month's supply is less than two star coffees. Um, have cut up lemons in your car. So, you know, And if you start feeling exhausted, bite into it. It will save your life, too. But anyway, uh, so thank God for Dr. Heimlich and his knowledge and his passion to help people I would have never known. Uh, we have Alert Drops. So really, go to alertdrops.com. Someone's going to generate generations will be coming because someone's not going to die unnecessarily future generations of family are going to be, be uh, here 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 in this world because of balloon drops and Dr. Heimlich.
0: I'm going to put a link in the show notes. So awesome. You mentioned your uncle, Dr. Heimlich. He's obviously yeah. famous for the Heimlich Maneuver, but mm-hmm. he had trouble getting it out, getting it out to the world.
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And your question is, how did he do it? <laughs> um Another interesting story, not too many people know about when Dr. Heimlich, the reason he invented the maneuver is because I don't know if it was he or his wife Jane Heimlich at the time, her name was Jane Murray, one of Arthur Murray's twin daughters. And she, and she was, she was a pioneer in alternative medicine way back. She wrote the book, which your doctors doesn't tell you. We started the whole thing and she actually influenced, um, Hank, Dr. Heimlich, into looking beyond just just Western medicine. There's some natural things you can do to help people, combined with Western medicine. Either he or she, someone choked to death, and they thought, this is crazy, this is crazy. Slapping on the back only makes it worse. So he started experimenting, and he created the Heimlich Manoeuvre. And a real problem with the Red Cross at the time, there was a real political divide. I, I don't know the details, but not wasn't too nice. I, I actually I think even today I don't think the Red Cross causes calls calls it the Heinrich maneuver. I think they call it a Hug for Life. So they really didn't like each other. But anyway, so the Red Cross was going out of their way to to deny the maneuver, and it was hurting him. It was hurting him getting the up, publicity, you know, getting some attention to it. He got some here and there. One day he came to the Happy day set, and I I didn't, I didn't have a long day of shooting and. Uh, he was telling me just how frustrated he was that he, he, he says, people are dying every day unnecessarily. This is stupid. Coincidentally, that day there was a call on the set uh, from the Merv Griffin show. I had done the show a couple of times. You know, you stay and then you, do, you get interviewed and all that. Someone had dropped out that night for that night's show. And they, they asked, asked me if I was available to quickly fill in. and. Uh, I'd sing, and they'd interview me, and whatever. I went, oh, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll, I'm there, I'll do it. So um, I went to Hank, Dr. Heimlich, and I said, I said I'm going to do the McGriffin Show, stick around, maybe maybe we can get this on national television, maybe we can finally break through. And that's pretty naive, because it's, it's, what am I going to do? Anyway, he says, well, whatever. So I'll uh, finish up, get ready, get my charts, and go down to the Merle Griffin Show. And I said, God, I really would love to speak with Merv if he's available, because he was such a nice guy. Well, he wasn't available. He had all these meetings going on, even up before the door just opened.
0: That that was the dog.
1: That was the dog?
0: Yep. That is good. That's a cool effect. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I can't talk to Merv.
1: I rehearsed the song, no Merv. The producer comes in to interview me uh, regarding what I'm going to be talking about. And I started talking about Dr. Heimlich and he said, I don't know enough about it. Maybe another time, we, we, we can't do that. We just can't do it. I go, okay. So that was it. And uh, they take um, Dr. Heimlich into the audience, you know? And I thought, I thought well, I tried. And uh, so the show starts, I think it was second out maybe. And um, I sing my song And then I'm walking over to sit next to Merv to be interviewed. And there's a commercial break. So you have a little bit of time, you know, to converse. I did an elevator pitch to Merv, all of And he stopped, he said, wait a minute. He had read something about it somewhere, somehow. And he said, he said that really intrigued me, really intrigued me. And also the lights coming back on and Dick Carson, his brother, And the Dick Carson, Johnny Carson's brother, directed the Merv Griffin show. So, unbeknownst to Dick Carson or anybody, the lights come up. There's Merv, and he looks at the camera and he says, "You know, I uh, I was going to interview Anson, but he just told me something very interesting that I think might be really beneficial. Is there a Dr. Heimlich in the audience? He, He 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 stand up, please. Interviews interviews him from the stage, and has him come up and do the do the maneuver on him. Well. Forget about. It. I mean, that's boom, right? And then Dick Carson calls his brother Johnny. Hey, this thing. You guys got it. This is important. Three three weeks later, Dr. Heimlich's on Johnny Carson show doing it on him, and that was blew out all over the world. Boom. So Happy Days. Now, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I thought of it, but if Gary Marshall hadn't been in Happy Days. And there wasn't such a great group of talented people, all these people that made it his show. And I'm just I'm just one, one, one little part of it. But all that made it possible. For me to go on that show, it's so Dr. Heimlich could have that opportunity to save lives. So Happy Days has a lot to do with the Heimlich maneuver. And, 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 and because of Gary Marshall, literally, and that show, it's saving lives every day. Quite a good legacy, wouldn't you say?
0: Yep. Do you know how many times I've used that as a uh, conversation starter? Do you know that happy no. days? Yes.
1: Oh, real? Oh, cool. They should do the Guinness Book of Record about a television show that saved the most lives. <laughs> it would be absolutely happy days.
0: <laughs> when I ask you about um, onset shootings, I know this is something you take obviously very seriously as a director. Yeah. And um, so. What were your thoughts on the incident, you know, with Alec Baldwin?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, first of all. And then I'll ask you fun stuff. You no, know, it's a shame that Alec Baldwin was so famous and all that. It's not his fault. It really is not. It's really not. Honestly, even oh, he's this, he's a producer on it. He's a producer in things. He's not on other things. He, he, he all the responsibility was not on this man. And what he did was a totally avoidable, but nothing to do with him. When you do. I, I've I've directed so many shows with uh, oh my every kind of gun, automatic weapons, this that whatever. I mean and always blanks, you know. And, I mean, but, but by the way, blanks can be very dangerous. John Eric Hexum. Well, that, exactly because a little paper thing comes out and it will it, 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 it will kill you if you're if you're an idiot, you know. But uh, but from two feet three feet, it's not going to do anything. And, and they came, and they came up with this word, the armorist. I, I, I've directed over three hundred shows. I've never known an armorist. I've known a prop guy, a pro, prop girl, that does it. And that and what happens is the prop person they they, they they check the gun, they make sure it's all blanks, right? Then the AD, the assistant director, goes checks it again, and then it's the director. It's your set. You're that. And by the way, that director is not getting enough responsibility on this. I'm so sorry. I got shot. But the bugs stop with him, let me tell you. Uh, you, you as a director, you go, and this is what I would do, and you you, you make damn sure that it's, that it's, that it's um, there's no ammunition that can harm anybody. And what I would do, I, I would always go to the actual show. Sure. And then, and then, and God, 300 some episodes, i never, never was ever a problem. Because protocols, just protocols. You check, you recheck, and you double check. By the time it gets, you know, and 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 Ryan, the actor, they're in the moment. They're in, they're trying to do their. They're not thinking of it. They're 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 assuming the process has been done. Not their fault. Not their fault. So yeah. So that's why I just thought it was a very sloppily run set. Uh, I don't know. But but the whole goddamn thing was preventable. Absolutely preventable. One hundred percent preventable. And uh, and uh, I I put the blame on the director. 100%. It should, have, it should have stopped there.
0: All right, so let's talk about some more fun things. We'll go back into <laughs> 1971. You do an Owen Marshall uh, attorney at law, and you do a McDonald's commercial. Yeah. With, with John Amos.
1: Yeah.
0: And the fam- and the song?
1: Grab a bucket and mop, scrub the bottom and top. There's nothing so clean as my burger machine. With a broom on it. I want to on my line? You ready for this? And top, that's it. And then we all sang, You deserve a break today, so get up and get away to McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. Very Mantle wrote it. So it was the first time they ever used You deserve a break today. The, the, the,
0: the song itself. In that commercial. It became this huge commercial. Nick and Knight used to show it. During should
1: Google, it. it's, ha- it's
0: yeah. funny. Nick and Knight used to show it during Happy Days read runs. <laughs> but you know, there's an irony of that commercial is that this is what I read reading about TV is when Fred Silverham is the president of CVS, Happy Days comes on in his first season and it's doing well. So he wants to kill it before it gets a following. He puts Good times up against it, which is already an established hit, starring John Amos. Then he moves to ABC and says, "All right, we gotta save Happy Days by killing Good
1: Times."
0: (laughs) Right. So three years ago, you were doing a commercial together, and then you're in Battle. Isn't that fun? I I actually, I I didn't even realize that. Because you know we we did so well, I never felt like a battle. Felt like a slaughter from our side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had, dude. We went up to sixty million million people a week crazy. an episode, and that's not including syndication in the morning. Mm. So one fourth of the country at the time watched Happy Days at the same time. It's crazy. Then the rest watched it during the week, five five mornings a week. Yeah.
0: What are your favorite episodes of Happy Days? That about Potsy?
1: About me? I think. I'll tell you. you but my favorite episode. My favorite episode. Actually, starred Don most, and it was the episode where he uh ruined Fonzie's bike. If Fonzie's gonna kill the person, Fonzie's gonna kill the person that uh that that did it. I, Donnie was, I, I never laughed so hard in, in any episode ever. He's just so 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 good. I had two favorite episodes in terms of what I was featured in, but I, I didn't like it as much as it was Don show, but one when i saved henry from fire save fonzie from the fire and the other of course singing to Joni, i had a crush on, on
0: potsy she called him Drem. opposite and, of uh, nerd that, that, was, that was a marvel and that, that episode i think was the highest rated episode of all time on happy days my favorite app a regular episode not just a uh, Potsy episode is um they shoot fonzie's don't they the one with the all night the all night dance contest
1: right is that what he did his russian dance and all that so when he did the well henry's henry's a really good dancer so it was i know there were a couple in there where he he'd he teach himself a little bit dancing yeah
0: because yeah. they were going to give him a crew cut if he lost and then he jumps up and he does oh, right. the russian <laughs> dance and that's why I like. I would have the writer of that episode on, and then we would talk about the episode. And then, which
1: writer?
0: Uh, Steve Zaka- Zacharias. Oh, it's Steve Zacharias. He, way- he was really early on. Yes. And and then and then he go into some big movies and stuff after that. Range of the Nerds.
1: Yeah, he did. Yeah, with, he's with, a very talented guy.
0: With Ted McGinley, who?
1: That's right. He came. He replaced Ron.
0: Right. When Ron, uh, yeah, yeah, I had um, Fonzie's best friend, which is the one where you save his life, right? Uh, and they call it Potsy Love, with that's right. the one with Joni. And then my favorite one of yours is Potsy quits school.
1: <laughs> God, just so long ago.
0: From the song "Pumps Your Blood." From... So, which one? "Pumps Your Blood." Oh, is that, oh, that. One? Oh, God. That, that, that gives me flops, what just thinking about it.
1: Because, you know, Pumps Your Blood, you know, it's absolutely accurate. The lyrics are absolutely accurate to the anatomy, exactly. And, you know, when I, whenever I did a song on the show, I usually pre recorded on Monday. And then we shot it Friday night. And I, I have a chance to have to mouth it, you know, when we're filming so they can cut and all that. But I like to have it down so it looks like it's live so monday comes by tuesday wednesday thursday i get this song Pump your I'm like, what the hell what so i'm looking I, it's hard enough recording it looking at the words so i pre-recorded thursday i have to sing it friday night in front of an audience in the show dancing and doing and da- and i i, I had cue cards everywhere on the everywhere on that set and thank god it came off it was the scariest thing it was so scary because it, 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 it was just so much to, to digest and to you know and to do correctly so uh, but yeah but but it, but it it, it 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 played well and even today every anatomy class biology whatever they play that
0: they actually play that song they play that video well i mean i saw it for the first time 30 years ago i know the right atriums where the process begins with the co2 huh? blood enters the heart i mean it, it's just memorable it's the it's they get whoever wrote that did a great job jimmy dunn jimmy dunn and elizabeth bradley and jimmy went on to become a very prolific uh
1: Songwriter. In fact, I think he and Ann Murray had song. You might be able to look it up. Had the song of the year. When uh, he became a big, big uh, songwriter. Yeah.
0: Did you like when uh, they changed um, Patsy's character? Because on the original first couple of seasons, you took Richie to a stag party. You got yeah. he, he lost poker, and then you became sort of like a doofus.
1: Yeah. Well, F you too anyway not um, not you no i'm kidding Uh, well that's so interesting yeah because when it first started it was like summer 42. i was playing oski and i was playing hermy and i was the one instigating the problems and once henry became henry blew up so they kind of switched it to with with the fons and richie and they they didn't know what to do with me so they made me more the naive guy and i knew it i went okay i get it and we and gary and i talked and i went i Literally a total different character. And Gary and I talked about it and that's why I created music for the show. I created the show. I convinced Gary to put a band on the show. I knew if I could sing on the show, I can I can make it a not only not only could I felt make money, because back then you didn't get paid like actors today on his shows. I I, th- I could get a record contract, I could get concerts, whatever. And um and I also know I can make the character uh, maybe a little sexier, you know, so, so that's what I, did. I, I, and Gary went with me. So yeah, I played this naive, naive character, but I was able to sing on the show, like every third show or so. And that gave me an opportunity to be signed by Chelsea records. And then I started getting, I was making $1,200 an episode back then, something like that. And I made $17,000 a night doing a concert all because of seeing what I have and what I don't have, right. And, 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 and instead of freaking out about this change of character, I tried to make it work for the show and me. And it did, it, it came out, it really did. It ended up being a, just, you know, actually a wonderful, uh, you know, a wonderful opportunity.
0: And your name will always be a Billboard Top 100, deeply, Anson Williams, 1977.
1: Number, and they, number 45, Is either 75 or 45. I don't know. Yeah, that's it. It was a bad song, but I got up there.
0: <laughs> and you made an American bandstand.
1: Yeah, with Dick, yeah. That was I mean, that was thrilling. That was thrilling. You ask, is my love real? All I can say
2: is how I feel deeply, deeply as can be. Is I
1: love forever? Can anyone ever know? There you go. And Gimel Fox wrote it. Who wrote Killing
0: Me Softly. Right, and the uh, theme song to Happy Days, right? Uh, no, Laverne Shirley.
1: Oh, they, they wrote it all. Right. Happy Days, love it, Laverne and Shirley, more committed, you name it, they
0: wrote it. Oh, yeah. So Yeah, and that one, Laverne Shirley, is great. So did you think...
1: Alexa, right. play Laverne Shirley thing. <laughs> Here's Laverne and Shirley, by it on Amazon
2: Music.
1: Here we go. Shamazzo. Shazam! Mm-hmm. talk. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Anyway, yeah, that's it. And who was and, God, I got it. It was a wonderful. Young
0: Cindy girl. Greco.
1: Cindy Greco, yeah.
0: By the way, my daughter is named Alexa. I wish I could just say Alexa, stop, and then it, she would turn off. My daughter hates that because people go up to her and go, Alexa, get me, you know, what's this? Alexa, what's, you know, what's the weather? Alexa. By
1: the way, just listen to you. Talk, you know, no. Careful. No, I know.
0: My parents have to change it to computer because that's the other option. If, oh, if there's somebody with that name in the house, you say, like, computer. Okay. Uh, do So that. you
1: can do that? You can change the name? Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, God, that's good to
0: know. And my other daughter, Siri. No, no that's a joke. Um,
1: <laughs> what are so oh, your kids?
0: I have a daughter. She's nine and a half. That's it. Oh, nice,
1: nice,
0: nice. She was Beautiful. easy, so I said, I'm not going to go for a second. <laughs> I know you have four kids. Five kids. Five kids. I didn't. Oh, that I didn't know. Yeah,
1: five daughters. Did? Yeah, you bet, man.
0: Oh, you yeah. like so Paul you, Anka. You're on,
1: So, you, uh, what do you do? Okay, so you have the show. What else? What else?
0: Oh, I'm a New York okay. City. I'm a New York City teacher. Oh, you are. Yes.
1: What, what kind of what, what, what uh, subsidy?
0: Government and economics.
1: Oh, good time to be talking about that, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot to talk about.
0: <laughs> High school, yes. New York City, uh, Queens. I don't know if you're familiar with Queens. uh Richmond Hill. No. No. It's near Jamaica, Queens. Awesome, man. awesome, man! That's great. Also, we 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 played at Brew Brewer, 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 ah, Brewer Stadium a few times. Yes, we did our baseball. And I sang "Star Star Star,
1: Star Spangled Banner" there two or three times. Yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. Yes, Bronze Fun's right there, right? Yeah, right there. Uh, I guess by the river there, or whatever. Yeah, we were we were there for the dedication. Yes, so, and yeah. you
0: did a parade. Was it 1981 or 1980? It was in all. It was in all the reunion specials,
1: down the streets. Um, I, I think yeah, I think we did a, yeah, somewhere in there we did a parade. Early on, we did a
0: parade before the end of the show. Right. right. Yeah, we did. It. Yeah, and then we did another one for of Fox. Right.
1: There was another parade. Yeah, it was fun.
0: Yeah, there's a, They did a Mary Tyler Moore in Minneapolis and a Ralph Cramden in the post. Right in front of Grand Central Station in New York City.
1: Right, right, right. And
0: yes. a, f- a Fonz in Milwaukee, which is cool. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: What was it like when you got nominated for the Golden Globe?
1: Um, I thought it was nice. I didn't take it very seriously because I didn't think I really deserved it. But, uh, but it was nice. I didn't even go. <laughs> I'm not going for awards and all that. I'm just not. I just, you know, I thought that's really sweet, really nice. But I, I'm not a fan of those bands, you know. I'd rather just uh, watch it on TV.
0: <laughs> it was weird that that was the, your last full season that you got nominated. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the last year of in 1984, it was very weird. Like John Ritter, who never, either didn't get nominated or lost every year, won for the last season of Three's Company. And Marion Ross, who hardly would very rarely get nominated, I think either won or got nominated for playing Mrs. C at the 11th year of Happy Days.
1: Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I mean, she's brilliant. Well, John's brilliant. And Henry, you know, Henry won the Emmy a couple of years ago, two, three years
0: ago. Oh, my God. I, I, I honestly cried.
1: Well, for Barry. Yeah. But honestly, and he's a marvelous actor. Um, but honestly, he deserved it 40 years ago for Fonzie. I mean, that is that is a, 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 a 360 character he created from nothing. They wrote for him, he did, they adapted to him. He didn't, you know, he created that character. It was so not him. He deserved the Emmy five times back then. I, I, I don't think people realize the genius behind that character. I mean, totally, totally made up and made believable. I'm so happy he won it, but I think he won it out of guilt, too,
0: where the, where the, the Academy's going, you know, he deserved it numerous other times, the, you know? The Pacino Scent of a Woman rule? What's that? When he got Best Actor for Scent of a Woman when he should have gotten well, na- it?
1: Right. Right. But he was brilliant in Scent of a Woman. Really yes. Was. Yes, he Yes, but... Yes, I mean, he really was. He deserved
0: it many times. Right. But he also deserved it, deserved it for that, too. He deserved yeah. it for Barry. So, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely he did, right. but he's brilliant in it, I didn't think it was as hard of a role as Fonzie, that's that's all. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, the big thing, Carol O'Connor. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then Judd Hirsch. Right. Great uh... right, right, right performers, both of them. Oh yeah, I, I was created in the Bronx. But today, they, they didn't have any money or anything. They took the train. Mom didn't want didn't want to be in New York when I was born, so they took a train out to Los Angeles. So I was born at Queen of Angels Hospital in L.A.
0: So you dated the president's daughter?
1: Yeah. What? Huh? What? You
0: get asked that. You get asked that a lot. I, 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 know, you get, I know you I get. get asked. What? I
1: had some. You can go, if people want to go. It's called singing to a bulldog. I I you read know, the demo. I, I look for singing bulldog. They can read about me being kidnapped by the president of the United States' daughter, literally kidnapped in the White House, believe it. Um, meeting Elvis in a parking lot in um, Monroe, Louisiana. Being part of the Rat Pack for 10 minutes. Um, all sorts of like, uh, uh, kind of uh, Forrest
0: Gump stories that are pretty, pretty funny. It's a great book, I actually, I read it when it first came out, uh, I bought it. Oh, first... thanks. Yeah, the, uh... The guy on your first job who talked to you and told you that you could do anything
1: well that's willie turner Uh, that was the reason for the whole book i wanted i wanted everyone to be able to have the same life lessons i gained from him and he was my janitorial boss in high school i was an assistant janitor because we didn't have any money so i had to work for any anything i needed and he was my boss he's african-american well in his 50s uh not well educated and a functioning alcoholic, but was a prophet to me. I, I wouldn't be talking to you without him. He gave me such life lessons and confidence to move forward in my life at a time where I was very vulnerable to go either way. And uh, so, I—it's an opportunity so everybody could have the same opportunity I had to to be inspired by such a magical man. Uh, he called he called the janitorial room the top the talk room. And there were two big oil drum cans, and that's all you had to sit on. And he would talk to me, not at me. And I just had so many great life lessons just from that warm relationship with Willie. And I wanted to put, I wanted everyone to have that same experience in the talk room. I wanted them to take, my, I wanted them to take my place on that oil drum can, and 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 get the same inspiration that I was fortunate enough to receive.
0: I I felt that I I really like your book and. I just felt bad that every time you went on, you went on Howard Stern and you went on Opie and Anthony, and they both, of the, they both wanted to know about the president's daughter and how far you got. Right. I know. I know. But you'll keep that to your grave. So. I will keep that to my grave. <laughs> it's in the book. Right. Actually, what, I, what what's in the book is true. That's okay. as far as I, I was just too chicken to do anything else. <laughs> right. I could totally. Hey, when
1: service, when the secret service guy is around here, I mean, it's a so little intimidating. How old was she? Eighteen. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was twenty. No, she's eighteen or nineteen. I was like 23, 22, something like that. Yeah.
0: I had this theory that because because uh, Henry was with his wife since the beginning of the show, right? Yeah. No. No, uh, no, no. He dated. He met her during the show. Oh, okay, and, but yeah. but but Ron was with his high school girlfriend
1: since high school. Yes.
0: So you and Don were in the lucky spot
1: mm-hmm.
0: of, of the women who got to throw them wanted to throw themselves at the Happy Days guys.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I know. The, I mean, I, I mean, I understand now what the Beatles went through. I mean, for a moment of time. Um. Yeah, people ask me, said, "Anson, how do you how do you how do you get a good girlfriend? How do you get a really cool cool girl?" I said, it's, "I said it's really easy, man." I said, "You got to get on a hit television <laughs> show and sing, no problem." Because <laughs> I'll tell you, it's so funny. Because like three weeks before happiness went on, I'm fighting for a date like everybody else. All of a sudden, I'm hot. All of a sudden, I'm hot. I go, gee, what changed? You know, all of a sudden, I'm i but Which just shows you there's so much in the mind about fame and all that. So, but uh, but but it's what's funny. All of us understood. No one got big for their bridges. Well, we 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 never took unnecessary advantage of that because we knew it was baloney. We knew it's not. You know, we're in it. We're not of it. It's 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 what we do. It's not who we are. And you, you only you. Know, it, they're saying you're so hot because you you put on a pedestal to look special. We're not that special, <clears throat> but it is crazy. We have millions and millions of people watching you, and you can't you can't even back then. We couldn't go to any public place ever. You know, Disneyland or a big concert couldn't you? Could not have to stay away from it because it was dangerous. Nothing more dangerous than teenage girls.
0: <laughs> In my job, definitely. Uh... Yeah. You can't even break up a fight. You wouldn't want to even break up a fight between two, two teenage girls. You'll get hurt more than two. <laughs> no, 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 you just back off. <laughs> I mean, two teenage boys, they know to stop when the teacher's there. When the te- mm-hmm. If a teacher got in the middle, they'll stop. Not two teenage boys. Yeah. Yeah. But- no, no, they'll, t- they'll, 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 like, they'll keep going. <laughs> they'll have no fury. <laughs> I saw Harvest Time.
1: Oh, cool I was proud of that How did you see it because we had it's in all these specimens now um and we're winning a lot of we're winning a lot of awards No, I was proud of that that was a, I, that was a challenging director job directing job to act act in it but also uh, make it move I mean it's, it's two people in a room three people in a room I, my character doesn't move out of a chair how do you make it interesting you know how do you make it vibrant how do you make it how do you give it any pace and not look like a presidium player? So I was really pleased with how it came
0: out. It's really funny and it's weird to see you and Don Kurs.
1: Yeah, isn't it? But totally different characters.
0: No, I understand that. Your voice is your voice. That your your speaking right. voice is just you know, so that coming out of your mouth, it's just weird. I,
1: I, I liked it. I, I thought I thought it was a brilliant piece of writing that Fred Scrapa Scrapple um, created.
0: Um, I wanted to ask you about the Hollywood Museum, the uh, the Hollywood Squares thing that you did. Oh,
1: it's so cool! The, I, I, everyone out there, Hollywood Museum is so cool. They they kept everything everything um, authentic. They redid it but authentic. It's the old Max Factor building, and that's where Marilyn Monroe went to get her hair blonde. Bruce Tibbals they made her made her into a redhead. Um, so much history there. Well, um, they made it into a museum where there were just thousands of amazing items, up close items, just so much Hollywood history there. Um, so exciting. And then we also did a um, uh, a program, it, it, it was called Hollywood Museum Squares, and, Hollywood Squares. And um, we had different hosts. Uh, Peter Marshall, the original host, was Hosted some of the shows. John Davidson hosted some of the shows, and Tom Berziak hosted, hosted some of the shows. They, they, they were the three that did Hollywood scares through the decades. Right. Well, we were all we were all able to be a, a small part of that. We had so much fun. I think people can go to what is it is it is it Hollywood Museum that they find the, the squares or? Yes. I don't. Is that where they
0: go to? Yes. you go to HollywoodMuseum Hollywood, Hollywood and you'll find it. I click on it. It's, it's well worth it. It's, it's just a wonderful. It's a wonderful group of shows. Now you did the actual the Hollywood Squares in the seventies.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I did with Peter Marshall. Who and, would... I, and that's why I tell people. I said, you know, when you're looking at game shows, look at look at it. Look at it starting on Thursday, Thursday and Friday. You can, and they they wonder why they're so much better and why. It's because after three. Let me get to it. For quite out loud. So I. So you um, so do five shows in a day, but after the third show, you go to lunch and they would have huge bottles of red wine and white wine, literally like this. So of course, you know, we got slushed, you know, so when we, we came back to game to the last two days, game uh, number four and five for the week, it got pretty funny. <laughs> so that's why I tell people, just wait till the end of the week. Much better shows Thursday and Friday. Totally irreverent. Totally, you know, a lot of surprises.
0: So for for Hollywood Squares, were you there with um, the the main center square, Paul Inn.
1: Paul, oh, Paul Inn? Yes. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! In fact, I did before Happiness. I guest started in a couple of the Paul Lind shows. Right. Uh, his sitcom, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's he's funny. He's just he's a witty guy, you know. And I did it with Karen Valentine, and oh God, so many people. I mean, just so many, so many amazing talent talents. It was just so much fun. In the match you game, know, I, that was my favorite thing. My favorite thing was was, was doing game shows because you meet all these great people, and talk shows because you meet all these great people in the green room. You know, I had an hour conversation me alone with Truman Capote. You know, just yak. I mean, just crazy. I mean, just just Pearl Bailey and Robert Goulet and all these amazing people. You know, it was just it was just so fortunate to have that opportunity to to have a, you know somewhat of a personal time with these
0: greats. Somebody else, uh, Paul Crepel from um, It's a Living. He he told me that he would get nervous the night before appearing on a game show because it was other people that he was playing for to win them money.
1: Oh, well that's that that's true, but it depends on the game show. ten thousand dollar pyramid was intense.
0: That's the one he was talking that about
1: pyramid. that was intense because if you lost they hated you. they hated you and they like you're looking for knives to get it out of the way. and yeah so yeah that was and I did a lot of ten thousand dollar pyramids and uh and thank God most of the time we won but there, there were there were times. I also did the the gong show with George Barris. Yeah, with Chuck Barris. I've
0: seen yeah, that. That was on the was Game Show Network. Huh? That was on the Game Show Network. I've seen that.
1: Well, it, st- it started you know, on NBC. You know? No, I mean, they
0: re-ran it yeah. on the Game Show Network.
1: Yeah, yeah, years later. and Yeah, I was the only one brave enough to have gone kids and dogs. So you love me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the best part, my favorite part about the pyramid is when you would be up there and you would be like, you'd be... Not you personally, but the the famous person would be thinking of something, and then Dick Clark would just walk over, all calm, put his hand on the let, and go glasses, and then the person would just get it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. He didn't do that with me. Okay. <laughs> he you didn't need
1: to. Man. He you didn't
0: need to. You probably don't even know this, but you were on what's what's called, what's considered the worst game show ever created. Which one? The Magnificent Marble Machine.
1: Oh my God, I was on that, wasn't I?
0: According to IMDb.
1: One one time, I don't I don't even remember what's it about. It's like you're in a ping
0: pong machine. Uh huh. And did like there's not even anything that survives from that. There's hardly an episode that survived because they used oh. they used to wipe all the game shows. They used to use the tapes over and over again.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't you know I don't I remember the name. I don't even remember doing it. But I
0: saw your name there. I was like I got to ask him about that, but you don't remember. So that's oh, right. I
1: don't remember. I don't
0: remember. <laughs> so in 1990, remember? you started a new career directing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And yep. 90210, Melrose Place, well, shows.
1: So it's 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 right. kind of the whole gamut. You know, Melrose 90210 Star Trek Voyager, Deep Space Nine, uh, major shows, Sequest, Hercules, Xena, Profiler, uh, oh God, on and on and on.
0: But you did a show lots of
1: different jobs, lots of fun.
0: You did a show that my wife loved called uh, Secret Life of the American Teen.
1: Oh yeah, I did five years of that, and I directed 32 of
0: them, yeah. And she would watch it, and I'd be like, Anthony Williams, look, look, look who directed it. And uh did you know shailene Woodley would be as big as she was? As big
1: as she Absolutely. Was? Oh, percent You know, I was just in the door working with her and she's just so talented. In fact, talented. In fact, I first heard of her from Don most. He directed a he produced, directed a film called Mula, Up. And shailene was much younger, but it was her first feature. And she was great in that. I think she was twelve years old, for something like that. Yeah. No, she's just, she, she was just, she just radiated it. Absolutely. In fact, during the filming, she did
0: Descendants, with George Clooney. So, so she, she, she ended up being a movie star before the end of the series. Works out to both advantage of the show. And sometimes the, uh, do you think that Deeply is better than Let her In by Travolta? No,
1: no, not even close. Let Her In, 80 times better. Yes. Okay. Very schmaltzy song, but better schmaltz.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I always I like. Know, oh. but actually, but I think the best one
1: I've ever heard, really, from just like an actor, uh, was um, Don't Give Up On Us, baby, with Don't Give Up On Us by David Soul. Don't Give Up On Us, Baby. da, 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 da,
0: Beautiful song. Did you ever see on? This is on YouTube. Jack Albertson singing Mandy. No, that's
1: kind of that's a, that's a that's a reach. But no, it's,
0: it's very it's good. In it's very like it's 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 like almost depressing the way he, it's like oh man you know yeah. It, oh oh do
1: oh Mandy. <laughs> not like
0: that, but it's like you know, cheeky girl. Oh You're okay, man, they, you came and like that, and it's like, uh-huh. and it's like, oh my God, he's really so he must have been on like Diner, or... because they let everybody sing on that on like.
1: Oh yeah, I, I did a lot of dinosaurs. The
0: the quarterback, uh, what's his name?
1: The quarterback.
0: The bull the bull the bald guy. He's funny. He has his own reality show now. Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, oh, yes. And he used to be married to that skater. I can see Terry Bradshaw.
0: Yeah. He sang a bunch of times on that show. He's got a decent voice, but he was on The Masked Singer. that That's a show okay. you should go on. You should go on The Masked Singer, if they ask you. Really?
1: Really?
0: When? No?
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Because <laughs> I would just know your voice in a second. Uh, that's one...
1: true. The... I have to change it. I have to do something like this. I just can't do my own lines, right? I just have to switch it around. I've never seen the show. So. Oh, no, it's
0: it's actually good. Johnny Rotten was on
1: last year. Oh,
0: wow. So. it Wow. Cool. Then it Then it's cool. But. um oh, cool. One last, one last thing I want to ask you about is you had a pilot, because I talked to Bobby Rydell. You had a pilot for a variety show.
1: I did. Did, did Bobby, Rydell, Bobby Rydell tell you that?
0: No, it was I asked them about it.
1: Oh, I it was called Anson and Laurie. Right. And uh they thought it would be the next um Darnie and Marie. Right. You know, Sonny and Cher. So yeah. And Fred Silverman liked it but didn't pick it up. But it was called Anson and Laurie. It was a nice it was a cute little show. Yeah. Was a long it a, time ago.
0: Was it a Croft production?
1: Yeah, Marty said Marty Croft.
0: That was just a guess, but it sounded like something that they would do.
1: Yeah, well, Donny and Marie, of course. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they came.
0: Yes, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Yeah. And did you meet her on the set of Happy Days, or was she written in as your girlfriend?
1: She was written in.
0: So yeah, she was she already. Was right, but she was already dating you when they wrote her character in.
1: Oh, yeah, she was already, yeah, they, they wanted her because she's such a good, very talented person with good voice. So they wanted her, yeah.
0: Well, thank you very much. This is. Hey, bro. Thank you.
1: Take care of your daughter. All right. I
0: will. Stay S- safe. Co- stay
1: safe. COVID free, please. You betcha. Right. God bless.
2: You too. Bye. Bye.